Hello, Chifini. How are you doing? I'm good. How are yeah. you? I'm all chill. This oh. is Hotato from Stage Fright. Hotato? Yeah. Hotato. Okay, I got it. All right. So, um, I understand that you are running a Bitcoin exchange in, in Namibia. A Bitcoin marketplace. So a Bitcoin marketplace. Not, not, yeah, um, we can't call it um, legally an exchange because that would put us in the same territory as money exchanges, which mm-hmm. uh, currently uh, under recommendations from the Bank of Namibia, you're not allowed to operate as. So we, are, we don't facilitate exchanges. What we do, we're a market maker. We set a price. Uh, for buy and sell and so uh, essentially it is exchanging but it's not an Mm. exchange as you would traditionally think of an exchange luno altcoin trader whatever Mm -hmm. okay interesting all right Mm, so uh, i'd like to cover a few topics with you uh, with regards to bitcoin and also the work that you guys do okay and the first question just to start things off is how much Zim- Zimbabwean dollars would you like to have in your bank account? <laughs> None. <laughs> None. There's no amount of Zimbabwean dollars a person can offer you and you'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, may- maybe... Maybe not. Maybe not the dollars, but the the, the electronic credit that you can use to buy the bond notes. <laughs> but no, not I, I, the I, notes I, themselves. No. Okay. <laughs> because um, at least that I can exchange into US or something else. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So then uh, let's get into Bitcoin uh, as a form of currency. Like, um, when did you first hear about Bitcoin? Um, must have been, I think, early or mid 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined, I, I started, I think, I don't know, I don't remember where I read an article about, I think it was some computing magazine or some mm-hmm. computing article. I, I, I read about it and then I joined the, the Bitcoin forum in early 2011. And I read those, yeah, I read the white paper, didn't really understand it back then, um, was, was, was out of my, my pay grade at that time. And, but, you know, compute in terms of electronic money, that made sense to me. Mm, so yeah. I, I picked it up, I joined the forum, I, I asked some people for some Bitcoin to see how it worked. Somebody sent me, I think, a Bitcoin or something, mm-hmm. and, and invested that into into some pyramid mining scheme turned it into 19 bitcoin and then sold it all for like 200 bucks so So you you basically what people call a bitcoin og i i don't like that term i just yeah but yeah i guess so but yeah i would yeah I, I wouldn't call myself that because there's a lot of things I'm still learning about it now. So, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I started, yeah, around 2011. Okay. And yeah, interested. I, I mean, the interest was on and off. It wasn't like a consistent no. interest up to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've around 
I think between 2014 and yeah, I think uh, maybe no 20, 2012, maybe end of 2012, but my interest kind of waned and only mm -hmm. picked back up at end of 2015, 16. So, so it hasn't always been a consistent journey. Okay, so what is it that happened in 2015 to actually uh, bring you back into it? Well, uh, price price dynamics. Obviously, I started rising in price, and I looked at it again after having not not looked at it for for about a year, and it interested me. You know why why this thing is 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 rising. I mean, I could understand electronic money. What I mm -hmm. couldn't understand it at the time. I I, I didn't. Um, have a good understanding of the traditional uh, monetary system either, but uh, mm -hmm. it it's just seems strange to me that this thing created by a group of nerds is still running and and continuously <laughs> running. So, so that mm -hmm. that 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 picked up my interest. Um, I I started looking into the technology. Obviously, at that time, the whole narrative was um, I think yeah, end of 2016, 2015. It was like blockchain, not Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. I was also caught up in that, read about that a lot. Like, oh, okay, maybe it's not the technology. Maybe it's, I mean, maybe it's not the, the, the product itself. Maybe it's the technology behind it. And I mm -hmm. try to understand that also. And um, yeah, and until I looked into people who started writing about the, the economic theory of, of Bitcoin, it, I, it really didn't click. Mm -hmm. um, any, in the any articles Sorry. you'd like to highlight that actually um, got you? I think the first few articles weren't really articles, were the posts by Hal Finney on oh, okay. that, that somebody pointed me to on, on, on the Bitcoin forum. Um, mm -hmm. And that I, I didn't quite get what what he was talking about in, in terms of um, 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 how how the theory of of or behind it, it's, it's the first time when I read his article the first time I I started looking at Satoshi's posts also on the forum and and his arguments on on how growth around Bitcoin would happen and mm -hmm. scarcity. And that that interested me because also at the same time, around that time, I was also looking at the Zeitgeist documentaries. Uh, okay. I don't know if you heard of those. Um, no, I think uh, anyone on the internet has, has seen <laughs> yeah. the Zeitgeist documentaries. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that introduced it, uh, to looking at, at economics from, from uh, or at least monetary economics on how money was generated uh, in a different light. And, and so something clicked there and and yeah, for another for another year or so, there wasn't really a lot of material from writers who, who were you know specific around uh, um, looking at economic theory and, and Bitcoin. And mm -hmm. then a lot of the stuff just popped up. Saifidian's book, um, the podcasts, okay. and, and mm -hmm. yeah, and I picked that up and once. I think once I got through the Bitcoin standards, that's... Hallelujah. 
yeah, that's when everything sort of clicked. That was 20, 20 end of beginning 2018. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, when definitely. sort of everything kind of came together. And okay, maybe I should um, not only consider this as a technology because that was all that was, was what was always novel to me. I'm mm -hmm. I'm computer educate my my education is is, is in computer science and, yeah. and technology. So the the technology had always been the novel aspect for me and and actually my second major was economics, um, which which I didn't was no. <laughs> really interested in until until this point. So. Mm. Okay, no, uh, I find it interesting, uh, and I'm specifically asking these questions because I also find it interesting that a person goes from hearing about Bitcoin right, to acquiring their first Bitcoin to, if there's always a next step to it, uh, you, your next step, with, or a person's next step after acquiring the first, first Bitcoin is basically holding on to it or hodling mm. and then the next step is accumulating yeah. and then the next step is migrating to you know dump your whole national currency and just price everything in bitcoin and mm. uh, because yeah well we have too, way too many incentives to do that uh, these days so yeah yeah I also find it interesting, like what type of things or what type of information actually pushes you to the next step? Like you hear about Bitcoin the first time and okay, you go on with your life, you read a few articles, if you are able to grasp the technicalities of the article and then mm -hmm. once some, somewhere down the line, you acquire a Bitcoin, uh, either from a friend or from an exchange and mm -hmm. Here's another thing. Have you ever been paid in Bitcoin? Oh, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I get, I, I think so. Um, I, I sometimes I, I'm, I do music producing as my hobby, and I've lately okay. been asking people to, to pay me in Bitcoin if they're gonna pay me well if they, if they're able to. But um, I also think because back when I started and um looking into Bitcoin in 2011. The, the whole narrative around what what it was supposed to be used for was quite different than than from what what you hear here today um it, it was yeah a lot of the people who who were early into it really looked at it as as a peer you know also you have to look at at the time it was based in when you know limewire Kazaa, and napster and all of that stuff was was really yeah. hot and, and still popping and so it it sort of took that that kind of step. A lot of the people around it were, you know, people who didn't really understand the, the economics behind it. Just that no, it's yeah. it's money on the internet. And okay, so if it's money on the internet, think of it like an internet technology. What how how do you enable it for internet? You know, um so you had a lot of these eBay type of sites, um sites where you could basically do gig type of work and get paid in Bitcoin and small Bitcoin marketplaces, they, they were quite more frequent uh, back then than they are now. I mean, they mm -hmm. didn't work. <laughs> and uh, a lot of your money got stolen because a lot of them were fraudulent. But the whole ethos around it was, was quite different because I think a lot of the people around it didn't, 
didn't quite get what Satoshi was was mm-hmm. trying to do um, until until later. And yeah, that you're very right in that you, there's so many different stages. I myself have gone through you know, numerous different stages of, mm-hmm. of of how I interact with Bitcoin, and it's it's really interesting to see even new like new people. Um, how they get in and 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 this um, the journey they take so and and different journeys. I mean, it, it there's different. It means different things for a lot of different people when you're in different types of situations. So it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for me right now. It's it's the single most um, interesting subject Not across that. any field of technology or economics. It's it's really. Because it applies to so many different aspects of, of human life. So, okay. so um, can I ask then, uh, what pushed you to start a Bitcoin marketplace? Uh, I was thinking of when I ended reading the Bitcoin standard, I, already before the Bitcoin standard in my thinking around uh, what I knew about monetary economics is that this whatever this is currently now can't can't hold it did, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it would last for another 50 years of when i as i started understanding um you know just what derivatives are what the forex market was um you know the international bank of settlements and all of these things and i i started looking at and i started just the the devaluation of gold mm-hmm. I, I, it's only like about three four years ago that i found out money wasn't backed by anything i grew up thinking okay it must must have been backed by gold or some metal or something and Mm -hmm. only then did i did i realize that the last um the last nation to drop um their peg to gold was actually switzerland in 2005 and and mm-hmm. when I, yeah, when that came together, I was like, no, no, this, this, can't, there, there must be something else. And mm-hmm. after reading Bitcoin Standard, I was thoroughly convinced that Bitcoin probably is, is the next, is the the next standard for for global mm-hmm. monetary exchange. I didn't know, I, I have no idea how we're gonna get there. Nobody's got a crystal ball, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty set on the fact that because of um well how i've how i've um, come to understand how monetary the the, um, the monetary playing field works okay. um, and that it's bitcoin is the only thing that um you know has no effective coach or sponsor and is the only objective player in the whole field it's yeah it's okay. um, i'm convinced that it's going to come to that so so Mm, here's a question from what you're saying. A person is listening right now and they hear you say that you found out that all these other currencies aren't backed by anything. Right? So yeah. what what is it that gives Bitcoin value? Well, what... I think it's, it's the same... Well, now I, I may be simplifying things a bit. But mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing that gives money value, and 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 that is, um, it's I guess a very psychological thing. And mm-hmm. from 
from my own experience and how I've grown up and how I've been, I guess, psychologically conditioned to believe um, money is backed by by some sort of economic good that mm-hmm. a country uh, that a country keeps, rather than hmm, you know a, a, co- a coercion of of mm-hmm. sorts, which which what I believe it is uh, now. It's coercion that 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 gives um, money money its value. It's, it's how much to 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 even simplify that. It's how much military power you can bring to bear um, mm-hmm. in the world that you know sets sets the tone um, basically. Mm-hmm. But if you look at at monetary economics or just the history of it, I'm, there is yeah. you can factually state that okay, the U.S. dollar is this strong because the U.S. has this much gold or this many resources. It's it's really the psychological play, yeah, that has been brought about by how history has been written, by how politics um, is carried out, and yeah, definitely about how military power is wielded. That mm. that sets the tone for for yeah how money is 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 sort of valued. And Bitcoin, for me, is the first thing that you can freely choose. To, uh-huh. to say, okay, I value this as a form, as a medium of a, a good, whatever money you think, whether you think it's mm-hmm. it's something that you use to exchange, whether you think it's something that you use to hold value, but it's the first thing that you can elect to freely say, okay, I put my value in, in this. And that is what I think gives Bitcoin value rather than a, a coerced value of, oh, this is my passport or uh, I'm my allegiance is to this, and so I have to use this. And you know, you don't really have a choice about using your your country's currency or or mm-hmm. any currency if you're in, in in sort of in business. You you there's a, a precedent set, and you have to follow that precedent. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin is the first thing that you know helps you set your own precedent, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. Yeah, mm, then I have some other points, um, uh, maybe some other things I'd also like to share. Um, oh, in my journey, uh, I think the first time I heard about Bitcoin was in 2013 or mm-hmm. 2012 in Varsity, some lecturer uh, um, was giving a lecture and he decided that this lecture is going to be entirely about Bitcoin. But he was speaking about it from what is being published, you know, like the media reports about it and then the technical reports about it, like, oh, this is the technology, blah, blah, this is what you can do with it, yada, yada, yada. And then, um, you know, uh, Bitcoin has always been in the negative light for the longest uh, period because of the marketplaces you've mentioned. Uh, the fraudulent activities that people usually use it for and stuff like that. So um, I think he was saying it's going to take a lot for it to overcome all of the negativity and for people to actually see it for what it actually is. And Mm. yeah, weird enough, that same year or the the following year, I do some stuff on the internet and uh, someone wants to pay me in Bitcoin. And yeah, yeah, and then this is the first time I'm actually now in a uh, first time someone is speaking directly to me about it. I think 
2015 or something like that, 2014. Wow. And I'm like, hmm, let me see. Do I take Bitcoin or do I tell this person to use PayPal like normal people? Yeah. Uh, to this day, I'm regretting not taking the Bitcoin. <laughs> now, now that I know all of that, I'm like, fuck, I'm a very stupid man. Like, I should have taken the Bitcoin. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so so over the years uh, it, it kind of lived my life and then two years later uh, 2017 the, the bitcoin rally happens the price is just going crazy and then i'm like what yeah. the fuck with this and then i start looking at the value it has gained and the things in my life that i actually want to do and i'm like that Bitcoin would have come in very handy had I just <laughs> it and let it sit there. Right? And yeah. then yeah. I, I start my journey. I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. It's time for me to really understand what is going on. How does this shit even work? And as you're saying, all these podcasts come out, all this literature comes out. And yeah. yeah. Um, I, I didn't read the white paper. I just read some explainers. Uh, 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 explain Bitcoin like I'm five. I really enjoyed that article. And, mm-hmm. you know, some YouTube videos. And then I get to the Bitcoin standard. And lucky yeah. for me, I had like a 40-minute commute to work. And so I decided to listen to audiobooks on the commute. And as a consequence, I was like, hmm. I need to fit in more time. So I started walking uh, an hour uh, per, per day to just listen more to an audiobook. And then it became two yeah. hours uh, <laughs> commuting to work just to fit in more content. And then yeah, I read the Bitcoin standard and then I'm like, shit. Hmm. Uh, because the craziest thing with the Bitcoin standard that most people who haven't read it probably won't understand is that half of the book isn't even talking about Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Half of the book is just talking about the history of money, what makes good money, and why other monies got placed by newer forms of money. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And just reading that, I realized something else, right? And basically the relationship we have had as Africans with money. And I think it's part of the reason why you have believed that money is kind of backed by something. And I think it's the reality for most Africans because that's how we were brought up. And the reason is, as Africans who went through many years of colonization, we have never really chosen a currency for ourselves. We were taught, as you said, we we were forced to use um, whatever currency was dictated by whoever had the most force. And in in this case, uh, whichever colonizer colonized your country then said, okay, this is a currency that you guys are going to use from this point forward. And then I also found it interesting that if we rewind, the last time we probably chose a currency for ourselves as Africans is probably back when we still use cattle. Yep. Uh, 
uh, to handle our transactions and stuff like that. And we technically didn't have the need for other forms of currency because, you know, everyone was living in the same big old village and we will all share the harvest with the king and whatever it's distributed to those blah, 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 depending on what our type of um, a village or culture you, you grew up in. That was so, sort of the reality. Yeah. Now, but I mean, you're still right that that capital, even in that setting, uh, would, mm. would have been a universal currency pretty much anywhere mm -hmm. across the continent, regardless no. even of, of, of cultural situation. So yeah, mm. I, I, I'd agree there. So now, fast forward, we're getting colonized. The colonizers bringing uh, coins, and they like, oh. okay, but before the coins, they bring the the trinkets. Uh, yeah. Where they, uh, uh, in in South Africa, a lot of people say we traded land for mirrors and <laughs> spoons and stuff like that, right? Uh, because yeah. those were scarce things to us at the time. And then they traded notes and they traded coins and then they, they introduced us to currency and blah, 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 or their currency, let me just say that. And mm. we were kind of forced to use it if we wanted to transact in their economy that was developed around the whole colonization procedure and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, they, uh, we were told there was gold in the coins, right? And I even looked it up, like there was a certain amount of gold in point, in South African rands. Uh, yeah. And as time went on, it became lesser and lesser. And as time went on, it was even replaced by other natural resources, like copper and stuff like that. And obviously, paper money is the base now. So uh, you don't even have to put anything precious in the coin anymore, or, or, or in the note. You just put the stamp and you say this is the value that the money holds yeah. and yeah and as you say bitcoin is basically the first currency in a long time where we are in a position to volunteer blah blah my english bundles are low <laughs> no worries. yeah accepted as a form of currency you know where no one else is forcing us to use that and for me, after reading the Bitcoin standard, I was like, okay, there's a lot of potential here. And we can actually, it, 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 then the possibilities are unlimited. If you also look at what currencies have allowed people to do, what type of economies people have uh, developed if mm. they own their own currency. And mm. that's when I read Human Action. Uh, by Ludwig von Mises. Yes. And that book opened my eyes to so much economics, man. I was like, oh, so demand and supply is the basis, basically, of any currency. Like, and going back to the start of this conversation, um, asked you, how many Zimbabwean dollars would you like in your possession? And you were like, none. Right. And that automatically translates to the value of the Zimbabwean dollar. Like, mm, you would have to be given so much Zimbabwean dollars, but as you said, you wouldn't want them in physical form because where are you going to store all of these uh, <laughs> yeah. people? 
So yeah. you would rather get them in uh, uh, electronic form. That's yeah. when we'll start considering having it in your name. And yeah. the other sad thing is if you hold on to, uh, to them too long, they will probably lose their value. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, in human Which action, that's the reality of, of every money. Yeah, that's, no, that is the hundred percent reality of, of all, and that's it's fascinating how many people don't get that. They don't, they they don't understand that their money is literally losing value every single yep. day. And there's been nothing that has reversed the trend for a very long time, except for Bitcoin. You you know something interesting though. I think people know that their money is losing value. Okay. But there is some phenomenon that makes them okay with that reality. Yeah, yeah, no, there is. I mean, like, there, there is definitely, um, you can't discount um, what globalization and more efficient industrial processes yeah. have done um, for, mm. for lowering um, entry barrier to, to things that mm -hmm. we, de you know, a lot of people deem smartphones, computing, uh, internet. Mm -hmm. It's it's the it's the it's funny that it's those things that have though gotten cheaper and and maybe that's like the, the psychological thing that you're that you're talking about. But at the mm -hmm. same time, the the things that you actually need to live haven't gotten cheaper. That's yeah. the weird thing. It's you so, know the, the outliers in e e economy that that have gotten cheaper, not. Not, mm -hmm. not not healthcare, not housing, not not education or the right kind of education. None of mm. those things. And, and yeah, that I guess the, the the dichotomy between oh, I can have a smartphone, but uh -huh. but um, you know, I'm I'm in, in in poverty or I don't have medical aid or yeah, those maybe that that sort of schism <laughs> creates. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> So Some, something think, that you can live with, I don't know. Yeah, I can even go as far as saying um, even the, the things that we believe have gotten cheaper, like the, like the smartphones and all these things, have really not gotten cheaper. Okay. And I'm making this argument because I bought um, i i3 i5 I laptop in like 2012 for like 5,000, 6,000 rand. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much an i5 laptop costs today? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Like, and then at the same time, I'm like, we all know that it has gotten cheaper to make i5 laptops because Moore's law, blah, 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 all these. Yeah. But if we are going spec for spec, it's harder to get something, or it's more expensive to get something five years down the line than it is. Uh, but the issue is a new standard gets you know, uh, uh, introduced. Uh, I3s are perform quicker than I5s. Uh, to, uh, having an I3 now, running Windows 10 and, and so on and so forth, so someone who has that setup would probably have a quicker laptop than the type of laptop I had back then because also the software has improved. So yeah. in our minds, it's much cheaper to have a usable laptop, even though if you're going hardware to hardware, 
and looking at all the physical parts that went into the thing, it shouldn't be that expensive uh, as, as it is today. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, agree, maybe yeah. then no, let me get back from my tangent and, uh, and go back to talking to you about your journey. Um, what, what do you think the future of Bitcoin is? I'd have to stake. I'm. I, I get. I'm fully invested. I mean, my, I'm. I'm fully invested at this point in believing not only in in terms of. Um, I think in terms of it. It makes up now fifty. Per, it takes up fifty percent of all my time. Mm-hmm. I I do. I run another company, a software development company. Um, where I do some other projects, but I right now Bitcoin um, running the the, the 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 trading website, the marketplace is is, is taking up about sixty percent of my day every single day. I'm definitely more focused on it, and even in terms of my my expenses, how I live, how I make my money, um, where I invest my money, I'm really invested into Bitcoin at this point. So. I would say I believe it's going to be the global monetary standard of some sort, whether it's not for government exchange uh, uh, of, of, of large settlements between governments, whether it's for saving, whether it's for, for exchange of goods. It's going to be, I, I see it heading as becoming a standard for all of these things. Maybe not all of those things at the same time, but... Mm-hmm. The same way um, I see my journey and, and sort of it, okay, first it was the, the, the internet money. Then it mm-hmm. was, okay, this is actually real money when you start to understand what money is. And then, okay, this is probably going to be the global monetary standard. And mm-hmm. I think in the same sort of uh, way I had that, that journey, it's, it's going to Pac-Man eat up eat up the global economy. That's, that's what I think. I think it's pretty much what we've seen mm-hmm. uh, over the past 10 years and very much, um, very much so um, this year. I think even, even just the last month in how it's performed has, has proven um, its, its robustness and, and it's, that it's, it's working for its intended purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, no. Again, nobody can tell the future, and it could go to zero tomorrow. And I'll, but I'll take those chances uh, so, against what what we've seen. <laughs> I mean, look at oil. <laughs> I, I'll take those chances. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, what would need to happen to stop it from becoming a global monetary asset? I think there's 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 two things for me that um, that 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 can stop it. It's mm-hmm. either governments become get really concerted mm-hmm. and put up a concerted effort um, to, I guess, round up people who use it because that would probably be the only way they could do it now. Okay, um, I. I think yeah that or or um 
concerted attacks on on its network, which I'm I'm I have less less and less faith of as I see government's response to this global pandemic. But mm-hmm. I I can't discount the state's power and the state's access to resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I would if 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 there was really a, a, a no holds barred and I'm, I'm talking no holds. So they didn't care about human rights. Um, <laughs> and it's, which probably they already don't, but I mean, if they blatantly don't care and, and round up and shoot people who, who are part of the network. Yeah. That, that, that maybe mm-hmm. would have the oh, second, the second thing would be um, that people just don't, the, the network uses loses its robustness because um, there isn't interest or, or you know, there there isn't a strong how, how would you say I guess intellectual interest in in actually figuring out how how this technology would work in society and that mm. people just see it as a money and and don't don't see it as, as something that needs to be protected in the mm. way that it is today with running nodes and an offload, you know, for the listener who doesn't know about those things, basically to, to keep the network uh, robust to make sure that the hardware that is needed to make sure that Bitcoin works. Um, if people just forget about that, you know, um, and just see it as a money, then it's easy for somebody again, like a government or uh, a party with nefarious or an ulterior motive to to take control of the network and mm-hmm. and and, and um, co-opt it for their own purposes. So those are the two those are the two things I think that could stop it. Other than that, I don't think anything else can stop it at this point. Um, okay. There's, I think there's too much inertia. Yeah. Uh, behind it at this point. Um, to not get where it's going, uh, mm. which again, I, I don't know if that is it, but that's my feeling. Oh, so, I find your f- first point interesting because I, if the whole government should actually go all out and try to um, keep people from using Bitcoin narrative. I find that interesting because I was listening to Kendrick Lamar's album last night mm-hmm. and on Money Trees, uh, he has a line, everybody's going to respect the shooter, but the one in front of the gun lives forever. And mm. I see any government that first attempts to you know, um, keep people from using Bitcoin will generally give it that effect where I think they call it the Barbara Streisand effect just by the fact of you trying to keep people from using this even a person who was not interested in using the currency is going to be like hmm why why do you not want me to use this thing what is it that you you are so scared of that I should actually know about and I should actually use um, yeah, and, and I think, um, I'm sorry to say this, but the sooner governments attempt to shut Bitcoin or shut Bitcoin usage down, 
the better. Like, yo, the sooner they do it, like, yo, speed up. Tell your, tell your government to stop people from using Bitcoin today because mm-hmm. that will make international news. And, you know, uh, the aftermath of that is actually what gets people to start using Bitcoin. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, as we've with tri- countries that have tried to ban usage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and I think that the caveat to that, though, is that um, g- governments have the ability to... to uh, I, again, I can't discount what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's very true. At the same time, government can... Um, how would you say? Criminalize. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've got the power to criminalize usage and which with crim that again i'm i'm pretty sure you know there's some pretty nifty legal arguments you could make mm-hmm. you know for that and i think it, in terms of ethics and morality um people will tend to fall in line with what law dictates because they they see it as as the right thing Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the individual person doesn't have, yeah. you know, the, the right to do that or, or the, the ability to do that. So as, as I, I, I get the, the, you know, the martyr effect of, of, of putting, mm-hmm. of, of, but then again, you know, you look at democracy in China or, or this supposed squashing of democracy in China or whatever political movement that has been suppressed in, in any country. Um, mm-hmm. anywhere effectively by just taking out the people who did it and, and, and at the same point as you know, it's kind of a political statement you're making when you choose to elect to use bitcoin um mm-hmm. and as i said if if, if it was no hold barred as i you know there's they're backed against the corner um mm-hmm. and it's we have to save state money by by using force, bombing houses that hold nodes and shooting mm-hmm. people who talk anything or have been associated to Bitcoin, the blockchain is public, on site. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, you could, I guess, you, you know, you could, I guess, suppress that martyr effect for a good number of years before people start thinking to, to mm. pick it up again. So maybe you wouldn't fully kill it, but I think you could discourage mm. greatly. But only for your local part of the world. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Everyone else is like, hmm, those guys yeah. right there are messing up. Um, and I think the other thing um, Bitcoin has is the whole um, privacy technology or the whole privacy argument behind it. Uh, uh, where a lot of people are trying to use it more privately, coin drains and the Tor network and all these things that make it harder for anyone to validate whether or not you actually are, one, running a Bitcoin node or receiving Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, um, it's becoming a running joke to say I lost my keys in a boating accident. 
because no one can either validate or deny the fact that you lost your keys in a boating accident. And yeah, everyone needs to plan a boating trip anytime in the near future, uh, just for their own safety, if they know that they have basically put themselves out there as once upon a time, season good point. But, but yeah, I think your other point is what I believe is something that might slow, uh, kill Bitcoin eventually, which is where we don't have enough intellectual people looking at it from a technical level. And let me not even say intellectual people, not enough people using Bitcoin who are actually interested in the technicalities of the thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's that's yeah. I think even more it's mm-hmm. more threats than, than, yeah. than scenario. I, even uh, now. Um but again it goes to what you're saying that that's mm, there's so much that hinges on um I guess figuring out new ways to to translate aspects of the technology which aren't necessarily technical mm-hmm. for people to, to use because you know there's there's a journey you're going to get if if you're an end user who's you you're not educated in computing mm-hmm. to, to get from even hearing about bitcoin to to get to full node to hear knowing what a full node is mm-hmm. is, is quite a st- even if you're in a developed country I mean, yeah. you you see it with with with, with Twitter journeys and, and even you know some of the the prominent people in in the Bitcoin media space mm-hmm. and how how even they you know are disconnected from the reality of of okay Bitcoin is something that you can send to as money to okay Bitcoin actually has this other technological aspect behind it that yeah. if you want to help it actually grow you need to know about that and. And um, so it, it scares me because even my my reaction when someone asks me <laughs> to help them with their computer <laughs> is not the greatest always. I What's assume, your reaction? I, I assume people, sh- sometimes I assume people should know, okay. you know how to use things. And I, I, I tend, uh, I won't lie, I tend to get annoyed quickly. When somebody mm-hmm. doesn't know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not the best explainer over a long term period because I'll I'll get annoyed and I see the same sort of thing when I see how people ask on on Reddit forums and Twitter. I see the same sort of <laughs> um, attitude from a lot of technology people. Not not always. I mean, there's a lot of great resources out there that simplify simplify a lot of this complex information um, but again it is very complex information it's really really complex i mean i think it's it's more complex than a lot of the stuff i i looked at in uni and mm-hmm. to, to expect now a, a, a layman to go from okay this is bitcoin money i can send like email uh, to to all of this stuff where we're talking about even is is mm-hmm. it's quite it's quite a step it's quite a leap and that's what scares that's what gives me um okay scares me about the, the the thing we're talking about that if 
if this thing goes so so large and and the information doesn't grow in the or or the interest in the information doesn't grow at, at, in the same proportion mm-hmm. that that's that could become a danger so um, then uh, what how would you say we should approach in introducing our parents our uncles and aunts to the world of bitcoin i i'm not sure i i i don't know <laughs> my best answer would be that i don't know mm-hmm. but if i had if i had to spend a second thinking about that um mm-hmm. i would say given my own journey that what interest what got me interested was you know holding it losing a lot of it um no <laughs> and then get, acquiring it and losing it again and but that that process of of getting to value it mm-hmm. gave me the interest in it um to to look into it further i think that that would be true regardless of whether you're interested in computing or not so mm-hmm. i'm i i think more than ed- educating um or educating resources around it is more how usability probably uh, um yeah that 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 the ux around or or usability technology around it gets better because that will drive once people start using it and you you use it and you value okay what is this technology what why am i why why people would start tend to ask why when when they have it and mm-hmm. so i think that's probably the most important thing rather than than um figuring out how educational um materials can be developed in the right way for a certain subject subsection of a population because people will elect how they learn something in any case uh, mm-hmm. regardless So and I think once you have that interest you know it's hard to stop a person um from from you know not finding some resources and 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 getting those resources but but the most important thing would probably be having people use it first because mm-hmm. uh, you know people who who the majority of of people you know won't listen to or a book or read a book on something they're just not interested in they they've never used okay they see in passing and it's it's kind of what i see also as i from the business um, people okay. will buy first and then get interested start yeah. asking questions the mm-hmm. ones who usually start asking questions before they buy end up not buying so mm-hmm. <laughs> so I- yeah So um, then do you have any price predictions? Mm, no. <laughs> um I Come on. <laughs> well, I'd say my my prediction is that I I don't think we've whatever the the, the current rally is mm-hmm. that's happening is, is is nice. I think it's it's a panic well not not panic but obviously a lot of people are trying to find something that looks positive um if especially if you're not a, a qualified investor who looks at you know long 
long-term history of stocks and 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 inv invests by actual technical analysis. You're just looking for something that's been green throughout mm -hmm. this bloodbath over the last two months. And I think um, that's what's driven a lot of people into Bitcoin over the last month. But I don't think we've seen um, the worst of what the, the, the coronavirus pandemic um, has brought to bear on the global economy. So mm -hmm. I think when that happens, Bitcoin will probably also tank with it. Mm -hmm. um, price will probably, I, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say maybe, maybe even as low as 2,500 back okay. lower. Um, the time when, when, yeah, so like the, the, the hens come home to roost on the global economy. And then okay. from there, from that time, whenever that, I think that will probably be, given the stresses this um, the, the pandemic is having on the global economy, probably within the next two years or so. And then okay. once that, once that happens, I think from there we will start to see really what, what Bitcoin is really priced at. I don't mm. really, we know what it's really priced at because I mean, the world, the stock market is crazy. They, you've, you've got companies that are literally have laid off, you know, more than half of their workforce, half of their output, economic output has been slashed, you know, for the next foreseeable future, but they're gaining stock market value. There's the, the market is making no sense right now. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's so. So I don't think Bitcoin is valued um, correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, maybe I don't know, hundred, hundred thousand per coin, a million per coin is. I don't think it's far fetched. After seeing what oil has done, I really don't think okay. it's okay. anymore. So but, how are you uh, going to prepare for the two thousand five hundred US dollar per coin incident? Ah. Uh, by buying more every day. Preach, <laughs> preach. Okay, cool. Mm, yeah, I think I've covered most of the questions I had. Uh, well, technically, as you say, there's always something to talk about in Bitcoin, like um, part of the reason you spend 50% of your time on it is uh, really so much to talk about. Lightning Network. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the research that that is being done on it, uh, whether or not governments can actually adopt it as a reserve currency, what does that look like? Yeah, um, that's how a really interesting aspect uh, of that. Like, how do you use Bitcoin um, securely and privately, and all of yeah. these different things? So, yeah, um, time is still an issue, though. So I'll yeah. probably talk to you again uh, on some of these topics. And I don't know if you have any questions you want to ask me. Uh, I, so actually, it, it would be off on a little tangent uh, since I've seen some of your Twitter posts. I actually mm -hmm. wanted to ask, what, what is Polelo, um, the, oh, okay. the site that you're actually doing the podcast for? Um, okay. Okay, so Polelo is, um, what's this? 
the podcasting platform basically and i'm working on it and i uh this podcast is called stage fright and so yeah uh the podcast specifically is talking about uh, the shifting platforms uh, from the physical realm to the digital realm i mostly focus on art uh, because that, that's where the stage bit is oh and i forgot to ask you about peers actually but bitcoin is bitcoin and so yeah uh trade i can substantiate that being uh, or money i can substantiate that being an art because it's the art of trade and all of that stuff and so pulelo is just me trying to develop a podcasting site Oh, okay. or a, a podcasting platform uh, where if, and it's not just podcasting but everything spoken audio has a home you know and uh, yeah i'm going to start, start like, a, like a soundcloud for for spoken audio yeah oh, so or how do you translate radio to the digital space uh, and Yeah. and i think uh, i'm of the personal opinion that all the other podcasting platforms are doing it wrong because they still approach it as a studio type of setup you know uh, yeah. you, you, but it's it's not doing what youtube has done for video uh, yeah. uh, where, you know uh, and i think the, the best thing about youtube that we usually don't talk about is the first video that was uploaded to youtube uh, which is a day at the zoo by one of the founders and that took away video from studios to uh, and put it in the hands of people and yeah. if you look at the video content that's getting produced today uh, tiktok uh, uh, what used to be vine you know um, what else instagram uh, trends the whole don rush blah 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 um the, all these things are happening because youtube took away video from studio uh it took away video from uh compilations where people would send their uh, videotaped things to show me the funniest stuff like that and people can actually make whatever content they can think about and it finds a home on the internet and all of those things end up on youtube i don't care which platform TikTok ends up on YouTube, Instagram yeah. lives end up on YouTube, uh Twitter uh, videos end up on YouTube because yeah. it's it's the bar or if you your video has made it it's going to end up on YouTube. And yeah. I think uh it's about time someone does that for audio, uh spoken audio specifically. Yeah, I don't want music on the platform because also I don't want to deal with a lot of copyright the stuff of yeah. that uh, the record labels are coming so i'd like to see more people creating their own content and exploring what you can actually do with audio like uh thrillers man like someone tell you a story and you actually stick scared from the audio uh, someone having uh-huh. sound you know sound yeah, design uh, what can sound designers do uh, uh, with audio content Uh, oh, wow. can someone beatbox and actually make audio content like that so yeah i'm just exploring that and um obviously podcasts are the 
root of the content, but I would um, probably explore more wilder content as time goes on and as more people uh, are able to adopt the platform and as I add more features that actually help people um, share their content and actually connect with their audiences. All right. Oh, that's, that's wow. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no. So really good points. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I totally agree that, yeah, there hasn't been a focus mm -hmm. on doing, doing, yeah. And, and, and what really, what really hit me is when you said that, um, you know, video or the, the whole democratization of these platforms is meant to, mm -hmm. to put power back into the hands of, of, you know the individual creator and you're so right uh, looking at, at the whole podcast game and how people rush to you know whatever electronic store it is to, to yeah. set up a whole podcasting studio and it's it's really recreating the, the whole scenario with, with the tv studios and then that so yeah that's 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 mm -hmm. a really good point and yeah that you could do you know, having so as i understand it you could literally like create a voice note and then, then upload it to that is like that is the thing. that's where I, I like to log in and find someone's voice note on uh, on the on the platform and oh. yeah and weird enough i keep seeing voice notes going viral on twitter and i'm like come on guys get with the program post this on Twitter. post this on Twitter. so uh but yeah that is a dream right there Okay, cool. No, I'll check it out. I'll definitely check it out, man. Um, mm -hmm. All right. No, man. Uh, thank you very much for having this discussion. Uh, I'll probably uh, set up another podcast specifically for Bitcoin stuff. We, we can have these conversations more often and talk about shaping the environment for us in Africa, right? Um, there's one thing I'd like, I'd like to do is actually add Bitcoin payments on the uh, Polelo website so that content creators can accept tips and stuff like that, Lightning Network and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, if you... Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. I'm definitely... Yeah, uh, you know, I think we should co collaborate more, man. You're a software developer, I'm a software developer. We have uh, similar ideas. And yeah, we can just see uh, what, what kind of things you can push out. Definitely. Let's keep the conversation going. You know, mm. off the podcast, podcast, we follow each other. So, yeah, mm. definitely. Cool. Um, and, and enjoy your day. I think I'm going to cut the recording here. All right. You too. Hello.